Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience, can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is How to Raise the Vibration of Your Food. Well, this episode is near and dear to my heart because my whole journey of awakening started with a food awakening journey. Um, after struggling with food when I was young, I really was looking for ways to transform that relationship that I had. And here, all these years later, I just have a completely different relationship with food than I had in my young life, which feels like freedom. It feels like something I'm so proud of. And so I wanted to have this conversation about our energy, our vibration, the things we put in our body now more than ever. And, and even for the younger and younger generations, um, it is so important, critically important to put the good things in our body. And we're seeing the effects of these younger, higher vibrational kids and beings um, that are, their bodies are really having a hard time with the toxicity on the planet and the toxicity of our food and water sources. Um, and so it's really, really important that we learn to nourish our body and to find things that our body resonates with to put in our body. This has everything to do with like our emotional connection, our spiritual connection, like the higher vibration our body is, um, and our body is made up of what we put in it, right? The quality of our cells um, can only be great if we are giving it the proper nutrients to build high quality cells. So it's very important to our, our spiritual development um, and obviously the health of our bodies. So this conversation today is a valuable one with Chef Whitney. She is a personal chef here in Laguna Beach, California, very near where I am. She's passionate about wellness, the vibration of food, and supporting others in living their best life. Um, she attended culinary school at the Natural Gourmet Institute in New York City and went on to work at farm-to-table restaurants in New York and Newport Beach. I didn't even know until this conversation that there was a Natural Gourmet Institute, but I love that so much. As a personal chef, she prepares custom meals and dinner parties for her clients, and she shares seasonal recipes on Starseed Kitchen. In 2020, Whitney uh, launched a line of organic spice blends, which are amazing. I have them in my own cupboard and use them often um, to share these custom seasonings that her family has been enjoying for years. Knowing that a healthy diet is just one layer of well-being. In 2021, she launched the podcast High Vibrational Living with Chef Whitney Aronoff. She interviews experts on healthy eating, cooking, wellness, beauty, travel, and spirituality to help others find the modalities and tips to help them feel their best. The healthiest meal that you can eat is the one you make at home. So, so true. Chef Whitney aims to invite people into their kitchen, feeling empowered to make healthy choices for themselves and their loved ones to experience high vibration living. So with no further ado, let's dive into this conversation. Please welcome Whitney to the show.
welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're with us. Hi, how are you? Good, good. I'm excited to talk about this. Food was such an access point for me for higher vibrational living, for connecting with myself. Like, I think before I understood anything else about energy, I started to understand like, oh, when I eat this, that feels a certain way. And when I eat this, it feels a certain way. And I remember I was just reflecting and it's so funny because it's right before I met my husband that I started with like a protein shake with a bunch of veggies in it in the morning. Like this is where it all started. I was like, instead of eating like junk, right? Packaged junk, I'm going to start with like a veggie shake in the morning. And it just kind of snowballed from there. And when I met my husband, we were just laughing and talking about this. When I met my husband, um, he was like, oh, it's so funny. Like, cause I've been thinking like, I want to eat healthier. And so us like coming together kind of was this really beautiful, like each kind of supporting each other and, and expanding each other in that moment, um, which has like, now we're super far down the rabbit hole. So <laughs> Um, so I want to talk about the role of food. I want to get your like kind of take on, on when we talk about high vibrational foods, like what that really means. But before we go into all that, like take us back to your passion, your connection, your journey to becoming a chef. So it really began with my own issues constantly having gut issues starting in high school, you know, just having pains in my stomach after I ate certain foods, sometimes being bloated and puffy, sometimes not being bloated and puffy and not being able to get to the root cause of why these things were happening and going to all different types of doctors. And none of them asking me what my diet was just telling me, Oh, eat more broccoli eat more vegetables and you'll be fine. And that wasn't the issue. I broccoli's always been my favorite food. Having that as a steamed vegetable for dinner is how I was raised. We ate pretty healthy. So I just wanted to figure out what my issues were and how to eat to feel good, you know, be skinny, be in shape, you know, be vibrant. Um, I just wanted to learn how to do it for me and do it myself. And that's what ultimately led me to culinary school. But obviously, like with everyone's story, it's so much more complicated than that. And, you know, I had tried everything. I had been vegan. I had been vegetarian. I had been paleo. I had to try to eat with the seasons, deal with food cravings, you know, everything in between. And I finally just got fed up with not being able to get answers from anyone that I spent my hard earned money going to. And I found a culinary school that was a health supportive culinary school where I wasn't going to be working with any processed flours or sugar. Everything was going to be alternative flours, alternative sugars, farm to table, local, seasonal. And I just wanted to learn to be my own healer and then go from there. So cool. So what happened when you like went away to learn? Like, cause I know, I think probably everybody listening has had a moment in their journey where it's like, this isn't working. Where are the answers? Like I've tried all these things. I mean, there's a, like knowing our emotional selves too. Like it's so reflective of what goes on in our body, what's going on in our emotions. And so when you feel like you've tried like seven different things and nothing's working, then pile on top of it, all of the frustration and, the, you know, like anger and like what's going on. And so 
I love that you got to the place where you're like, okay, I am going to heal me. Like I'm, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to learn about this. So when you applied to the culinary school and you got there, like how much did you already know about healthier alternative foods? So I was pretty far down the rabbit hole. What I was looking for is like sustainable. Like I wanted to learn how to support me for life. You know, I didn't want to struggle anymore with choosing ingredients or food fear or, you know, white rice versus brown rice. And I wanted to learn how to prepare food properly. So I was already learning a lot about traditional foods, traditional meals, like the Weston A. Price Foundation. And I wanted to learn like how I was really into the time, like how did my great, great, great grandparents prepare it? Like, how is this made to be healing and nourishing? You know, learning that, you know, we need to wash our rice and ideally soak it, how to properly prepare beans, you know, understanding that, you know, canned food isn't nourishing food, it's emergency food to keep us sustained for a short period of time. So, you know, I was pretty far along compared to a lot of other people in my program. And and what I was really looking for is how to hands on do it. I was tired of reading about it or hearing about it, I wanted to go through the motions to physically do it so I can incorporate it into my life. Okay, so there's probably a lot of people not soaking their rice, right? Or eating out of cans. Like, was it radically different? Like, besides the fact that there wasn't so much processed food or packaged foods, like what did you discover about, let's say our grandparents, our great grandparents and how they prepared food? Well, I found that my program that I went to, the Natural Gourmet Institute in New York City, I felt like it was life finishing school, that I was finally learning about how to go to the grocery store and buy eggs and interpret, you know, all the different labels that are on there nowadays. You know, I learned how to properly prepare poultry. I learned how to buy a turkey for Thanksgiving and like what size you actually want. And it broke down all those tiny little questions that maybe you would have over a lifetime trying to turn to your mom or your grandma or your aunt to try to get the answer. And it was all there in one place. How cool is that? It's so true. It was, I, I call it life finishing school. Like it was, it is what I wish everyone could get an opportunity to experience because I just felt like it was all the skills we all deserve to have and know. And so that's a lot of why I do what I do is, you know, I don't feel like people should have to stop their life for seven months, you know, pay $45,000 to go to culinary school to get the information that they deserve to have in order to feed themselves. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. And we don't really, I mean, when you think about it, like, you know, many generations ago, feeding yourself was like, the predominant thing people were focused on, right? It's like, there wasn't all this other stuff. It was like hunting or gathering. I mean, you spent a lot of time focused on how you're going to get food and I'm sure prepare food and make sure that you can stay alive. Yeah, it was a full-time job, you know? And now we look at people that work as personal chefs or private chefs or in-home chefs, and it's a full-time job for them. You know, it takes a full day to feed a family breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. Maybe they have guest overs, you know, it, it just keeps going and going. But, you know, that's why people had multiple chefs and cooks that worked for them because it takes a long time to prepare food when you're making everything from scratch. It, it does, but you know, there are ways to work around it to support our lifestyles now. So you can have that healthy homemade properly prepared meal um, that takes you a shorter amount of time that works with, you know, the way we live these days. 
because the truth is, you know, most people don't have an entire Monday or Sunday to spend slaving in the kitchen, or do they really want to, you know, for a lot of people, they don't even like to cook. Um, but there's, you know, you can't ever truly, you can't really truly figure out what you really like. You can't truly figure out how to nourish yourself until you learn to cook for yourself. And then it makes it a lot easier for someone else to do it for you or for you to go out to restaurants and experience things. At some point, everyone has to learn what they really like and how to prepare a few things so that they can sustain and nourish themselves. So what happened for you, like personally, when you really started to say like, oh, I can nourish myself. Like I can, I now know all of this knowledge. Like how did that change your personal like wellness journey? Well, at first, and I think anyone that's gone through a culinary or a nutrition program can speak to this. At first, the information is overwhelming and you don't know how to eat. Because at my culinary school, they taught us all the, all the perspectives. So you learn the benefits of being vegan. You learn the benefits of eating meat. You learn how to source all this stuff. You hear all the different ideas and versions throughout history on how to be well and eat foods for longevity. And it gets overwhelming. Just like, you know, when you talk to chefs and I always love to ask chefs, like, what are they eating right now? What are they really into? You'll always find that like, there comes a period of time almost every month where they've cooked so much food for so many other people. They don't even know what they want for themselves. So I went through that phase where it's like, I, I don't even know, like, yeah, I don't even know what I want to make for dinner. Like nothing is, nothing is resonating. And then when you kind of wake up and get out of the cloud, it gets a little easier. You know, you start to really be able to tap into what works with your body. Um, you get excited about trying new things when the seasons change. Um, and you get a more, I think, simplified approach to the kitchen. I think there's a lot of media nowadays that wants to make menus or recipes a little more complicated than they need to be. Sometimes the best stuff is really simple. Yeah. Isn't that true about life in general? <laughs> Sometimes we're just overcomplicating everything. And it's like, wait, this simple thing, like you learn, I think, I think with time too, like you learn that sometimes the simplest way or the simplest things, like you kind of have to go through the whole, I'm confused and it's so complicated to come back to, oh my gosh, it's so simple. And I just am like making this, you know, like crazy and worse. Yeah. So like, properly made short grain brown rice. So like you wash your rice really well and then cook it. Ideally you soak it overnight or soak it all day before you cook it. And then a great steamed vegetable and then a protein that has a great organic spice blend on it, like a whole roast chicken or a piece of salmon, you know, something super simple. And that is a great meal. Yeah. Like it's super easy and your body knows how to digest it. And it has lots of flavors and it's balanced and it's not that complicated. And you can make it gourmet by how you garnish it or put it on your plate. You know, there's so many ways that you can up-level it, but learning the basics and just starting there is so important. Why do you think people are like, I think there's a level of like resistance to, to doing the simple, right? Like in some ways we... Cause I've noticed this even in my own household. It's like, sometimes I will decide that like, 
you know, making a whole meal is difficult. And then I realized that it was actually faster than I thought and easier. And of course, like is so good. And afterwards I'm just like, this is amazing. I should do this every single night. But why do we like resist diving in? Cause I, th- I don't think I'm alone on this. I think a lot of times it's, there's a barrier to just like diving in, even if it is the easier thing and certainly the healthier thing. Like, what do you think that is with people or what have you noticed? That is so true. And I think we often resist the things that are good for us, or we just purposely make things more complicated than they need to be. Um, It's like that natural limiting belief that just comes up that blocks us from moving forward in our lives. And it can be in the simplest way. I completely agree with you. Um, I make that excuse a lot when it comes to entertaining. Like I always want to have people over and cook for friends but then I make up all these excuses as to why it's going to be so hard and so complicated and I don't have time. But, you know, there are beautiful, simple recipes that I can prepare that aren't going to take me hours to do. And I know they'll enjoy it because I made it with love. So we just overanalyze and overthink. And I think because so many people eat out, they don't understand that the meal that's on their plate wasn't prepared for them the moment they walked in that there's a lot of food on their plate that was made yesterday and the day before and the day before that sauces, you know, food marinating, you know, sides, a lot of stuff was prepared in advance by multiple people. So we think that we need to put out a dish that looks like that when we're at home and that's not possible. Yeah, that's so true. And as you were saying that, it makes me think, I mean, you can really like go crazy with this, but but I do think about this is that there's so many people sometimes like having a hand in, let's say a meal that you have out, right? And all of those people that have that hand in that had emotions that day, right? Might've not wanted it. to be at work that day and they're making this sauce and everything is energy. And, you know, these things are being infused. So it's not just even like, I always, I have to tell you this story because you'll probably appreciate it, but it has has stuck with me for my whole life. I think I told it on another episode of the podcast, but I'm telling it again. So I went to a restaurant and they had, um, we were sitting at a table, like right by the kitchen and they had a glass, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of partition and they were cooking a bunch of stuff and they had this huge vat of butter, like next to the grill. And the guy had one of those, I don't even know. It's like a long, you know what I mean? Just like you just scoop up the butter right out of the thing and he's throwing it on the grill and I'm sitting like right in this weird eye line where I can just see him doing this and I'm watching him repetitively do this and he like some of the time there was like a little bit of butter and some of the time there was like butter for like 10 people on his spatula being thrown on the grill and I was like oh my gosh, like we have no idea like what is going, like what if I got that piece of humongous butter in my meal that's like, you know, enough for five people, but he's just, you know, haphazardly like, hey, put butter on the grill, put butter on the grill. And I'm like, there's so many things I'm sure that end up, you know, in our meals, whether it's like emotions energetically or like just things like that. Cause when you're doing a job, I mean, if I was preparing like 200, you know, plates for a night in a busy restaurant and it's just crazy, like you, you're not going to pay attention. Like you making a meal for yourself at your house. Yeah. Well, that's why there's two things that I always try to share with people is number one, your mood, your food. So the energy you put in your food or whoever's preparing it is totally going to affect your mood. 
And the healthiest meal you will ever eat is the one you make at home because number one, you control the ingredients. And then number two, you, you control your attitude going into those ingredients. You, you decide who is showing up in that kitchen and what's going to be in the meal. So if you come home from work, super stressed and make your go-to meal and you're starving and in a hurry, it never turns out well. And it always tastes awful and bland. But if you make that go-to meal, when you got home a little bit earlier than usual, it tastes fantastic. It's why it's your go-to meal. You know, like we, we've all tasted that energetic shift in what we cook. I don't think many of us are mindful as to why it's happening. Yeah. It's so powerful. You know what I did recently too? And I think like, no matter where people are on their food journey, like it always is like ready for evaluation of the next level of you. Yes. And, and I think it's so important to say like, you might have your standards. I mean, I think everybody does like your standard things that you love to eat or the things that you make most of the time or whatever. And just being able to like, Show up like I just decided a couple of days ago that there were a couple of things I was going to take out of my diet, things that I use quite often. Um, and just see how I felt. Cause if you're using something quite often, like one of the things I use quite often was almond milk. And I just decided I probably have too much of this in my body. Like I've used this so much for so long and this one particular brand. And then I also decided like I didn't want to have anything that had like any fillers in it or anything like that, which almond milk often does. Um, and so I get curious when I make these changes, like you make one big change, you know, something that you would drink a lot or eat a lot, like that's going to shift the vibration. And so I just think it's cool to like, look at no matter, even if, you know, someone's listening going, oh, I have like the cleanest diet. Like, are there, is there something that you're eating all the time, right? That maybe you, you cycle that out and you talked about eating for the seasons, which I think is like so important. What did you discover when you started like eating seasonally? So for me, I didn't grow up in a family that made soups very often. And what really struck me when I moved to New York city to go to culinary school, I moved actually in, um, at the end of February, beginning of March, and it was cold. And I moved into my apartment during a blizzard. And I just remember being freezing. And then, you know, I think I moved in and made myself a salad for dinner. And then I think I woke up the next day and had a smoothie. And it wasn't until I went to culinary school that I learned that, you know, if you eat cold foods, you're going to feel cold. And being a California girl, that I didn't even dawn on me. If I eat cold foods, I'm going to physically feel cold. Yet if I make soups, stews, broths, and I eat a warm meal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's going to warm me up. You know, here in California, and I think diet culture has us thinking raw, cold, chopped. That's the only way to be healthy. And what I learned is there are so many really incredible cooked foods that will warm us physically and deep down in our soul that are super seasonal. And it's really important to, you know, adjust throughout the season. So maybe I have a lot of warm soups in, you know, winter, early spring, and then maybe in summertime, you're still having soups, but they're room temperature or they're chilled, you know, like gazpacho. Um, but a lot of, some of those things were, you know, right in front of my face and I didn't even recognize them. 
So interesting. It's very true. If I have a smoothie in the winter, I'm like, I got to turn the heat up (laughs) for freezing. It's so true. And I think like one of the things that I have struggled with over my life too, and maybe you can speak to this is like, sometimes I get in a food rut. So I will like start eating the same things like over and over and over again. It's like, I get on a one, one track, you know, like food thing. And I go, oh my gosh, like, and then, you know, eventually I either get totally tired of it, meaning I burn it out and I probably like never want it again, or I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm done with that. And so why do we do that too? Because I feel like that's probably pretty typical as well is to like get down a road and and keep eating the same thing, even though I know like, you know, variety is so important for like getting different nutrients. Why do we do that? Do you think? I think it's a comfort level. You know, and I think as humans, we're always looking to be comfortable and safe. So I think we stick with what we know. And most of us have jobs outside of simply nourishing ourselves, right? Like we're busy making money, supporting a family, giving ourselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually to other people in our lives. And so now comes time to cook for ourselves. And how much energy do we really have in tapping into what we, what we really physically need to feed ourselves and then taking the time to look up that type of recipe and then go to the grocery store and then prepare it. That takes a lot of energy. So I think a lot of us just are comfortable and it's hard for us to get out of that rut. Um, And I completely understand because I do the same thing. So I like to share all my personal chef client menus, all the menus that I create for the different families I cook for. I share those menus on Instagram because I know what it's like to be in a food rut. And sometimes you just need to see what other, other people are on what's on their menu for the week to kind of spark a new idea and help you break out of the rut. The other thing that I like doing when I'm in that situation, um, is I like to sit in meditation and ask my guides and angels if there's something that I should be eating or something I should take out of my diet. So if it's been just too noisy in my life, or I just haven't wanted to kind of tap in and and kind of do the quiet work, I'll connect with my guides and angels and ask how I should be changing my diet or what I need to be adding in for, you know, the greatest, highest and good of my, my health and well-being. And that honestly really helps. Now, the hardest part after that is actually implementing it, but, <laughs> but you really do get answers, you know, that's awesome. Whether I love your that. guides and angels or your higher self, or just from you, like the clarity comes in. Yeah. I think that's great. I mean, ask and you shall receive, right? Like sometimes we forget to stop and ask, stop yes. and ask, ask for support, ask for ideas, ask for help. I love that. And then Talk about, let's talk about being a personal chef. So what is, what is your world like as far as you said, cooking for different families? Like, like how does that all work? Yeah. So there's lots of different versions of a personal chef and private chef. So I work for individual families. So I'll work for a family on Sunday. I work for a different family on Monday, a different family on Tuesday. And every Monday I go to the same house and I prepare for them all their food for the week. So basically like meal prep. So I'll prepare all their lunches and dinners, other families, like some breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, you know, everyone's a little different on how they like to stock the fridge 
or support their family. But, but that's what I do. I create custom menus for them. They pick the foods that they want. I do their grocery shopping for them. I cook for them. If they're home for lunch or dinner, I serve them. And that's how I support. That is so beautiful. I mean, that's like, it's so funny because sometimes when we're making vegetables, I'm like, it'd just be so nice if they were already like all cut up, right? Like these are the things that we have a hard time like getting over, right? It's like, oh, if I just had to throw them in the pan and like steam them up, like that's super easy, right? But we get stuck at the, I got to cut them all up, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So that is awesome that you do that. And what a gift to families. I mean, do your families have kids too? Um, most of them don't actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Usually it's just couples that are just really busy with work or they don't like to cook. Um, and so this is just a great way to make their lives a little bit easier and to provide better balance with their relationship because, you know, they're not fighting over who's cooking dinner or what's on the menu. It's already been planned out and everyone is supported. Um, and then for me as a chef, it's been so good to see how other people eat. You know, it's been so nice um, because I know what works for me. And so those are naturally the recipes that I wanted to share on my blog, Starseed Kitchen. But by working for other people who have very different food preferences from me, all completely different, it makes you try new things. It makes you get out of rigid thinking. You know, it makes you see all the different fruits and vegetables and proteins that work for different people at different times. Um, it brings a lot more creativity to, to life. Yeah. I imagine that's so cool. Cause like something that you wouldn't make for yourself, like a certain protein, you're like, I don't like this. So I would never experiment with it or make it. You're making it for somebody else who loves it. Yeah. And like, can't wait to have that. And so it makes it fun to do it. Cause it's not fun <laughs> to make something for yourself that you don't like. You're not going to like be doing that at home. Well, and then you realize maybe you'd really do like something, you know, right. and it, gets, it gets you out of food ruts. It's really interesting um, to get to experience what other people like for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and see what works for them. And, you know, it's, it's like any experiment in life. You just go along, you, you try something on, you see if that works for you. When it doesn't, you take that hat off and you go and try another hat on for a little bit. Um, you know, all of our diets are always evolving. So Um, we should never be too rigid in one thing or another. And so that's the fun thing about getting to kind of peek into other people's kitchens or refrigerators every week is it it helps me not stay in a rut. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so what is like for somebody listening that maybe is like new to this conversation, like what would be low vibe foods, like high vibe foods, like just in your, I guess, own personal experience of like putting things in your body and how you feel, like what would you categorize as like kind of the lowest vibe foods and the highest vibe foods? Yeah, so when we talk about the vibration of food, we're talking about just the transfer energy that we get from food, right? And there's all different ways to to transfer energy into your body. Food is one of them. And then the food you choose, you know, determines really how you feel. You know, there are certain meals that we eat that make us feel super grounded and cozy and warm, while others that are just super light. And, you know, we have that meal and we're able to just jump out of our beach chair and go into the water because we're just light and vibrant and we feel good. But all those could be a high vibration food. It's really about processed food and unprocessed food, knowing the origin of your food, and something being a factory farmed or factory made food. So, 
you know, an example of a high vibration food would be rice, like perfectly prepared rice. You washed it or you soaked it. You made it on your stove, used filtered water, just good old rice. And then a low vibration food would be a microwavable rice. So you bought a one minute rice or three minute rice that you throw in the microwave the energy that's going into your food, that electromagnetic wave isn't a supportive high vibration energy. It's a low vibration energy and frequency that doesn't really support the body. So that would be a good example of a high vibe and a low vibe in the same frame. Yeah. It's so funny. People would ask me, and I think we've, we tend to think of it this way. Like, like someone could say, is popcorn healthy, right? Or is rice healthy? Like as if all rice is built the same or all popcorn is built the same, you know? And it's like, we tend to think it's like, oh, I can't eat this. This is unhealthy across the board when obviously there's so many cool recipes to make just about anything in a sustainable, you know, healthy, organic way. Yeah. So if you love popcorn, then I would encourage you to go out and get real organic kernels and pop them in a pot on your stove with a little ghee or butter or coconut oil, you know, and make them, you know, the old fashioned way on the stove, you know, and use the best quality corn kernels you can get. The low vibration version would be the microwavable with the fake butter, you know, that's, that's not serving anyone, not serving you, not serving the environment. It's, a lot of things going on in that paper plastic container, the frequency of the microwave, the quality of the corn kernels. We know that's not real butter, all that stuff. You can go down the rabbit hole another time, you yeah. know, in that. But see, like, again, two, the same thing prepared two different ways with two different qualities of ingredients. One is a high vibe, one is a low vibe, and you'll feel it. And I can assure you, if you start to make the homemade version, you're going to love it a lot more. You're going to be able to really customize it. Maybe you put cinnamon on it. Maybe you put sea salt, you know, maybe you add truffle oil. I mean, you can go to town with that popcorn. There's limitless ways that you can season and prepare it now that you're making it from scratch. Yeah. And you have a line of spices and seasonings, right? I do. Yeah. Tell us about them. And how did you, I mean, I think spices and seasoning can be slightly intimidating for people. Like which ones do I use? How much do I use? Like that seems very advanced. So, so did you make it easy for us? I did. Well, so when I was in high school, my dad started making all of our spice blends from scratch. So he wouldn't go out and buy generic blends on a grocery store shelf. He would buy all the sole individual spices, blend them, and we'd have our own custom blends, our own Southwest, our own chicken, our own this, that. And so when I went off to college and in my 20s and 30s, I always had my own custom spice blends from my dad, you know? And he'd make me big batches twice a year and give them to me. And that's how I would prepare my meals. You know, I never went and bought prepackaged spice blends because most of them at the grocery stores, when I looked, had added sugar, had MSG, had citric acid, had color additives, cake, non-anti-caking agents, all this junk. So I could never buy them. And as I've been working as a personal chef and using these spice blends that I've been using for 20 years on my clients and seeing their reaction when they have a whole roast chicken with 11 magic herbs and spices on it, or pan seared tofu with my adobo spice on it. And my, my spice blends are all organic and there's 
no junk in them. There's none of those caking agents, coloring agents, MSG, sugar, any of that. You know, seeing other people enjoy simple, delicious, flavorful food. I just wanted more people to be able to do it at home because it's so easy. You know, like we talked about, it's so easy to cook some rice or bake a sweet potato, steam a vegetable, and then you just take your chicken breast or your chicken thigh or your salmon and you just cover it in the spices and bake it. And you have a delicious, flavorful meal and it's really simple and it's really good for you. I love that. I think like demystifying that and creating, you know, easy, healthy. I have noticed that too, when I go to the store, like there's all kinds of other junk in spice blends and it Isn't really, it like it's gross. Yeah. yeah. I can't even tell you how many times I will pick up a spice blend still and turn it over and there's sugar or an anti-caking agent or citric acid, or the other big one is it'll say natural flavors. And natural flavors is just MSG. You know, it's just chemical flavor enhancers and MSG. They don't, they're able to not disclose all the ingredients. And so, you know, I just have to walk away from that and then figure out how to make it on my own. Is everything that's natural flavors like MSG basically? Yes. Yeah. So I threw out like every greens powder I had in my kitchen cabinet when I learned that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's in a lot of greens powders too. Yep. Yeah. It's like, it's over time you, you know, you learn more and you learn more, but I do, I know that it's not good. Like I've learned it's not good, but I didn't know what it was because it's like very deceptive. Yes. And you pick and choose your battles. And so I'm really into the balance test. Have you heard of the balance test? No. So, so, you know, I always read the ingredients of things, but sometimes you just really want it anyway, or sometimes you just can't choose between two products, you know? So I'll take a product off the shelf at the grocery store and I'll just stand straight up. I'll hold it against my body. I'll close my eyes and I'll just ask if that product is the right one for me. So if it's olive oil, I'll just hold the olive oil on my chest and I'll just ask my body, is this the right olive oil for me? And I'll lean back if it's no, and I'll lean forward if it's yes. So I'll do that with any product that I'm not sure about, you know, and, you know, I'll do that with a product, you know, if it shows it has natural flavors or an ingredient, maybe I'm not in love with, um, I'll still just double check with my body to see if this is really going to work for me or, or not. And I mean, it's never failed me. I think I've been doing that balance test since like 2006 when I first learned about it. I'll do it in any grocery store. I don't care if anyone's down, I love down it. the aisle that I'm in. It's great for purchasing vitamins. It's really, it's great for purchasing anything. Like when you can't make a decision, like deep down, there's, there's something in you that can make the decision for you. I love it. It's basically like a muscle test, right? Yeah, exactly. I love that. I never thought about that with food. That's so great. That would be oh, yeah. so funny if you walk into a grocery store and there's like multiple people doing that. You just like, that's so awesome. That would be great because it's usually just me. So if anyone's at a grocery store in Orange County or LA and they see this girl, you know, balancing back and forth with some olive oil in their hand, come and say, hi, it's me. <laughs> They're like, is she okay? Oh yeah, she's just testing the olive oil. Yeah. I know. I love it. I love it. I'm in Orange County too. So I'll have to like come and find you in a store and join you. 
Whole Foods, Laguna Nigel, Whole Foods, Laguna Beach. Yes. The butchery in Newport Coast. You can probably find me at one of those locations. (laughs) You're like, I basically live there. That is so awesome. I love that. So where, if people want the spices, where do they find those? They can find them on my website, starseedkitchen.com. And then if they're local in Orange County, they can go to places like the Salt Horse in Laguna Beach, any butchery location, juxtaposition, a few shops around town and purchase them there. Oh, I love that. That is so cool. I think that, I think that that is like a great gift to give to somebody. Like it's the thing I love getting gifts that are not things that I would necessarily like know I want or buy for myself, but then you get them and you're like, Oh, this is so amazing and cool. Like, I just feel like that giving someone like spices like that is not necessarily something people run out to find, but like when I'm cooking and I'm looking at my spice rack, like I would love that. Right. I'd be like, oh, my friend gave that to me and it's so cool. And it's such a good gift. And that's exactly how I package the product. So it's made for someone to use every day. So like I don't go a week without putting my Starseed Kitchen 11 Magic Herbs and Spices or adobo on something, whether it's like roasted carrots or baked fish or chicken breasts. Like I don't live without it but I designed it in a way that it's so beautiful that you can give it as a gift and it can sit on your counter and it can look beautiful in anyone's style of home because I I like that stuff too. I want it to be pretty. I think it's fun to give food and gifts that are nourishing and supportive to people. I love that. I love that. That's so great. Um, Well, this has been such an awesome conversation and I think that no matter where we are on our food journey, like obviously everything we put in our mouth is a building block for our body, right? And causes us to feel a certain way and causes us to then put that energy out into the world. And so for me, like going back to the basics sometimes and like re-looking at these things wherever people are on their journey, just hearing this interview and like connecting with your energy might help some of our, our friends, our sisters and brothers out there to like, go, oh, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna pay a little bit more attention to this or I'm going to look at this or I'm going to try a recipe. And I feel like that's really a catalyst, right? For everything in, in our lives. Like, I mean, I told you that this was the beginning of my whole spiritual journey of opening up my intuitive gift. It really began with food and it, it began totally with does. cleaning my body out, right? I mean, because we can't really move energy like it should through our bodies if it's just dense, right? And and all gunked up from all the junk that's out there in the world. So, so I just highly recommend um, checking out your Instagram for one for recipes. I'm going to go there and check that out and the spices and how else can people connect with you as well? You have a podcast, don't you? I do. Yeah. My podcast is called the high vibration living podcast, where I have conversations like this with all different types of spiritual practitioners. It's really focused on supporting all the layers of you, your physical, your emotional, your spiritual, and your etheric body. Because like you mentioned, I think food is the gateway drug. Like once you get your food down, once you get the diet that works for you down and you're supporting your body, then everything else will open up to you. And then it's dessert. You can better support your spiritual body, your emotional body, your etheric body, and you can move forward in, you know, building the life you really want. Yeah, it's so cool. Well, thank you for doing what you do. I mean, what a gift. And thank you for coming on and hanging out with us. Such a pleasure. And please flag me down next time you see me at the grocery store. I will. I'll test with you. (laughs) Perfect.
All right. Take care. Thank you again. Hey, lovely. This is Shauna Lee. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Soul Frequency Show. If you got even one piece of valuable information, head over to Apple Podcasts and share a review with your takeaways. And follow us because we got lots more goodness to come. We are spreading the love far and wide. And you know where to find me over at IG at The Soul Frequency. Until the next time, love, here's to positive vibes and powerful awakenings. Thank you.